0: Good morning everyone and welcome to Worship at Hillhead. It's good to see you wherever you are this morning. Today we'll be hearing a number of voices as usual, some on site and some online, including Adi who will be leading us in the Lord's Prayer. Nasi, Adi, Graham and Paul F will be reading some, that's Graham M, not Graham L, (laughs) will be reading some scripture for us and Graham M will also be leading our prayers for others. Our musicians on our recordings this morning are Paul F and Yang Yang. And shortly, Bethany is going to do a very clever juggle a camera, juggle a microphone and juggle a candle act because she's super duper impressive, so she will be lighting a candle. Christian Aid Week begins today and you have all been sent, if you're on our emailing list, the Just Giving link. I'm thrilled to report that we already have around £600 in direct donations and about another 100 in gift aid already. So we're up to about £700 in total already. And the page will remain open until the end of the month. Also, as part of Christian Aid Week, I will be holding a pea soup a Saturday. Pea soup, because the theme is peas. Give peas a chance and the pea challenge this year. Uh, that will be from 12 to 1.30 next Saturday at the Mance. And everybody's welcome to come along, and you are um, invited, if you do come along, to make a donation to Christian Aid. I have kind of suggested about the level of a supermarket meal deal, but if you can't afford that or you feel moved to give more, that is all fine. Just a reminder, please, to complete and return the consent forms to update contact information and help us to create a new church directory. I have got some paper copies available for those on site this morning because I realise not everybody's got access to a printer and some people are less confident at filling things electronically so if you want to do it on paper and hand that to me that is absolutely fine you've got about two weeks till uh, I get really mean and cut you off um, we do um, because of GDPR we do have to um, only contact people we have consent for and this consent replaces all previous consents and then our last focus group is taking place after the service this morning and just to let you know that on Tuesday the managers will be meeting with Francis, who is with us today. Welcome, Francis, to reflect on the outcomes of the focus groups and to think about next steps for the discernment process. So things are moving forward. Um, I think it was Rachel who said we need to go slowly to go quickly, and um, we are going at a moderate pace. I think, but hopefully um, a positive pace. Family news. Um, Just to let you know that Alan Boswell is awaiting a date to move to David Cargill Residential Home. Please do hold Alan in your thoughts and prayers at this time because this is a huge change for him. Um, Not easy to set down 60 plus years living in a home that you made as a family home and, and decide what to keep and what to let go. Just to let you know that Neil C has recently been in hospital. Please keep him, Anita and Bonnie in your prayers as he recovers. Also, I would ask you to please keep in your prayers Tamara and Hannah and their boys. They are all fine, but they have huge challenges going on at the moment. And also to continue to hold Barbara and her family in your prayers. Next Sunday morning, I will again be leading worship, which will be the final in our three-week series of People of the Promise. So now it's time for Bethany to light our candle. Thanks, Bethany.
1: As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day.
0: So we come to God in prayer. Let's pray together. Lord, be our vision. Be the source of our hopes and dreams. Be the reason we get up in the morning. And be the reason we keep on keeping on when we are discouraged and disappointed. Lord, be our wisdom. Be the quiet inner voice that helps us make decisions. Be the conscience that alerts us when we mess up or go astray. And the assurance that we have a strong moral compass to direct our lives. Lord, be our protector. Be the shelter where we may be safe and secure amidst the storms of life. Be the one who speaks up for us when we lack confidence or courage. And a dependable one who will never leave us or give up on us. Lord, be our leader. Be our companion and our comforter. Be our teacher and our guide. And above all, be the one who walks with us every step of the way. Amen.
2: We are invited to join together in the Lord's prayers in own preferred language and form. I will be praying in Yoruba. Baba wa tin be yorun ki a gbo ofuruko re ki ijoba ife t'ani ki a chene your
0: I'm going to read you a poem which I learned when I was about 6 years of age. I can still remember Mrs Parker teaching it to us. Waiting, waiting, waiting for the party to begin, waiting, waiting, waiting for the laughter and the din. Waiting, waiting, Waiting with hair just so, with clothes trim and tidy from top knot to toe. The floor is all shiny, the lights are ablaze. There are sweetmeats in plenty and cakes beyond praise. All the games and the dancing, the tricks and the toys, the music and the madness, the colour and the noise. Waiting, waiting, waiting for the first knock at the door. Was there ever such waiting, such waiting before? I wonder how you find waiting. Is anybody here good at waiting or do you get a bit impatient? There's a few people shaking their heads. You have to wait for your presence. You have to wait for a bus. You have to wait for a decision. You have to wait to go on holiday. It's hard, isn't it? And the stories we're hearing, the story about Abram and Sarah last week, and the story we're going to hear about Moses and just by default, the people, excuse me, of Israel, um, or they weren't called that at that point, um, this week, there's a lot of waiting. This week's story in biblical language takes 40 odd years. Actually, it takes more than that because so we've got to get... Moses from babyhood to adulthood first it takes a long time sometimes waiting can be frustrating sometimes waiting can be hard work and I think God does understand that but I also think it's true that sometimes God does keep us waiting hanging on till the last minute before things fall into place you think you're nearly there but you're not and God keeps you waiting so we're going to sing a song, um, which I think most of us know. I waited patiently for God. Don't always feel like I wait patiently for God, I have to say, but we'll sing of waiting patiently for God. Thanks, Katrina.
1: Of Levi, who decided to marry a woman from the tribe of Levi, she became pregnant and gave birth to a baby boy. The mother saw how beautiful the baby was and hid him for three months. She hid him for as long as she could. After three months, she made a basket and covered it with tar so that it would float. Then she put the baby in the basket and put the basket in the river in tall grass in the tall grass the baby's sister stayed and watched to see what would happen to the baby just then Pharaoh's daughter went to the river to bathe she saw the basket in the tall grass her servant walking beside the river so she told one of them to go get the basket the king's daughter opened the basket and saw a baby boy the baby was crying and she felt sorry for him then she noticed that it was one of the hebrews babies the baby's sister was still hiding she stood and asked the king's daughter do you want me to go find a Hebrew woman who can nurse the baby and help you care for him for it? The king's daughter said, yes, please. So the girl went and brought the baby's own mother. <coughs> the king's daughter said to the mother, take this baby and feed him for me. I pay you to take care of him. So the woman took her, her baby and cared for him. The baby grew and after some time the woman gave the baby to the king's daughter. The king's daughter accepted the baby as her own son. She named him Moses because she had pulled him from the water. Mm
0: Today, we're going to go on a whistle-stop tour through the story of Moses, one of the most important characters of the Old Testament. We're not going to look at the complexities and the challenges of that story, which actually parts of are very uncomfortable for us to look back on thousands of years later. We're just going to do something a little bit different than we normally do. We're going to do something that is sometimes called imaginative contemplation where I will do a little introduction and then we'll have a short period of silence, a minute, minute and a half, no more than that, which isn't really long enough, but I'm conscious that some of us are not too comfortable with long silences. And then after we've had that time of silence, I'm going to offer a short reflection as to why I think this story is important for us to think about today. So as we begin with this story, the part that we've just heard that Nasi has read for us, let's notice... That as Moses' mother looked at her newborn son, she saw that he was beautiful. As she held him close and nursed him, she must have been in awe at the potential she could glimpse there. And also in terror at the context into which he was born. But with fierce determination, she did everything in her power to keep her baby safe. And to ensure he didn't just survive but that he would have the opportunity to thrive. So what I'm going to invite you to do for a minute or two is to use your imagination to locate yourself in the story. Sometimes people find it helpful to close their eyes to do that, but there's no compulsion to do so. You might like to locate yourself as one of the characters or as an observer and just let your mind wander. But as you do so, Try to catch any feelings or thoughts that you would like to take away with you. There is no right or no wrong. We simply open ourselves to the possibility of discovery as we meet Moses and his mother in our imagination. So why might this story be an important one for us to ponder? What might we choose to reflect on as a church community? For me, it's something about the gift of babies, children and young people. New lives full of potential, if only the opportunities are there. It's something about keeping children and young people safe from harm and at the same time allowing them to take age-appropriate risks as they discover their own identity and personality. It's about recognising what is unique and precious in our own culture and being open to what we might learn from the culture of others. So today we thank God for all the children connected with our church community, for those who care care for them in their homes, those who nurture their faith in Sunday school, those who teach them in nurseries and schools, those who lead uniformed organisations and clubs and other contexts where skills may be developed and friendships formed. But Moses didn't stay young forever. He grew up so we're going to hear the next part of the story.
3: We're going to read from Exodus 3, verses 1 to 10. Moses' father-in-law was named Jethro. Jethro was a priest of Midian. Moses took care of Jethro's sheep. One day Moses led the sheep to the west side of the desert. He went to a mountain called Horeb, the mountain of God. On that mountain, Moses saw the angel of the Lord in a burning bush. Moses saw a bush that was burning without being destroyed. So he decided to go closer to the bush and see how a bush could continue burning without being burned up. The Lord saw Moses was coming to look at the bush. So he called to him from the bush. He said, Moses, Moses. Moses said, yes, Lord. Then God said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals. You're standing on holy ground. I am the God of your ancestors. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I've seen the troubles my people have suffered in Egypt, and I've heard their cries when the Egyptians hurt them. I know about their pain. Now I will go down and save my people from the Egyptians. I will take them from that land and lead them to a good land where they can be free from these troubles. It is a land filled with many good things. Many different people live in that land, the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Evites, and Jebusites. I've heard the cries of the Israelites and I've seen the way the Egyptians have made life hard for them. So now I'm sending you to Pharaoh. Go, lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt.
0: So many years have passed by, and Moses has grown up in the privilege of the Egyptian court. But despite that, he hasn't forgotten his roots. He's begun to question the status quo. He's become aware of injustice and cruelty towards his birth people. At one stage, he takes the law into his own hands, murdering an Egyptian slave master and hiding the body. He thinks he's got away with it. But when he chastises one Hebrew for ill-treating another, he discovers that he didn't, that he had been seen. And so he flees far away to his uncle Laban and takes up a job as a shepherd. One day he sees something very strange. A bush that seems to be burning and yet isn't destroyed and his curiosity is piqued. He goes closer and he has a very strange encounter that will change the rest of his life. And so again, for a minute or two, I'm going to invite you to use your imagination to put yourself into that story. And just allow your mind to wander, to go where it goes. and See what you notice, what you feel, and if there's something you'd like to hold on to. You may like to imagine more of the conversation between God and Moses, either recalling what you know from Scripture or imagining something else. You might want to take your own conversation with God. There isn't a right or a wrong. We're just taking a couple of minutes to open ourselves to the possibility of discovering something. So why do I think that story is important for us to spend a little bit of time with today? The first thing is about curiosity. It's curiosity that draws Moses to approach the book, the bush. His life isn't idyllic, and although his childhood was privileged, it's been very complicated. I think he's probably conflicted about his own identity and not quite sure where his life is going. One of many things I love about this church is that it welcomes curiosity. We can come just as we are. We can come battered and bruised by life's storms, needing a place of shelter or refuge, perhaps for a season. We can come full of confidence and certainty. We can come with our curiosity and with our questions drawn by the mysterious story of Jesus. And the story of his flawed and fallible followers. And here we can discover on Zoom and in a hotel room that we are indeed on holy ground, a place where God can be encountered. But there's also something about the call to Moses, a call not away from that which he has fled but a call to go back into it and to transform it. A call not to live for himself, but to live for others. As he leads a whole nation from slavery to freedom, from dependence to independence. A journey that will take a lifetime and will challenge him and change him, but ultimately will lead to fulfilment. Today, we thank God for the welcome each of us has found in this church. For the opportunities we have to be curious, as well as the challenges of co-creating community. We thank God for the ways in each one of us is called and equipped for service. Which, for most of us, will mean going back into our everyday places of work or into our friendship groups, or what we do as people no longer actively employed. To be salt and light, bringing grace, peace, joy and love. To be, and where appropriate to speak, the good news of Christ. So let's go to the next stage of the story, and Addie's going to read that for us.
2: Numbers 11, 16 to 17, and 24 to 25a. The Lord said to Moses, Bring to me 70 of the elders of Israel. These men are the leaders among the people. Bring them to the meeting tent. Let them stand there with you. Then I will come down and speak with you there. The Spirit is on you now. But I will also give some of that spirit to them. Then they will help you take care of the people. In this way, you will not have to be responsible for these people alone. So Moses went out to speak with the people. He told them what the Lord said. Then he gathered 70 of the elders together and told them to stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. He put on the 70 elders some of the same spirit that was on Moses.
0: passed and Moses has led the people out of Egypt into the uncharted territory where a whole generation will live out their lives in a very challenging nomadic existence. He has to deal with the frustration and disappointment of those who imagined that this would be a much quicker and shorter process. He's listened to complaints about how much better things were in Egypt where they had cucumbers and melons He's also had some amazing encounters with God. But he's come tired and irritable himself, working hard to be all things to all people. In the story, and he's just read for us, Moses has been told by God to choose 70 elders who will be set aside and equipped for service alongside him. In this historical context, these were almost certainly men. Chosen for qualities that they already had. Perhaps they were gifted at organisation. Maybe they were good speakers. Perhaps they had a definite presence. Maybe others were known for their peaceful nature or their wisdom. Very often in the Bible, the numbers don't actually mean what they seem to be. They're symbols. And apparently the choice of 70 which combines seven, the number of perfection, and ten, the number of God's law, could suggest that this is about creating stability, justice, and order. We don't know. In fact, we don't know anything about all but two of them, whose names we're told because they failed to turn up at one point, except that Moses chose these people to be his co-workers. So again, for a minute or a minute and a half, something like that, I'm going to invite you to use your imagination and put yourself into that story. But this time I'm going to be a little bit more prescriptive. I want you to imagine walking around amongst those gathered elders. See who's there. See what you admire about them. Or if there's anything that troubles you about them. What resonates with you? Are some of these people like you, or someone you know? Or are they very different? Just wander around in your mind and see what you see. So why this story? I did a quick count up this week and over the years I've been here if I counted correctly I have had the privilege of working with 19 different people who have served as managers or trustees of this church and that's before I start counting those who were on the opening doors group, the steering group, the spec group, Sunday school leaders Friday Friendship when we had it and all the other groups we've had along the way. Each of these people has brought unique gifts and skills which have been generously employed and obviously some are currently employing in the service of this church community. And there's a whole range of things. Practical common sense and deep spirituality and prayer. DIY skills and charity law. Insights into broadcasting, education, medicine, banking, accountancy. People with interest in the creative arts, in sport, music, liturgy and so much more. We have been and we are being richly blessed. Today, I thank God for the women and men who have served and who do serve this church Sharing their gifts with us, not for glory or gratitude, but from love of God and love for this community of which we're all part. It is certainly true that we are in a time of challenge and change, and our current small team of trustees are very stretched indeed. On the one hand, we are very, very blessed to have a group of young trustees our diaconate has probably got one of the youngest average ages in Scotland these people are working hard for the flourishing of our church but as we all know we are overstretched and we are very vulnerable so i do find myself wondering who else might god be calling to serve in some way in this church at this time. Let's listen to a bit more scripture, shall we?
3: In a reading from Deuteronomy. Moses climbed Mount Nebo. Moses went from the Jordan Valley in Moab to the top of Mount Pisgah. This was across the Jordan River from Jericho. The Lord showed Moses all the land from Gilead to Dan. He showed him all the land of Naphtali, Ephraim, and Manasseh. He showed him all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea. He showed Moses the Negev and the valley that goes from Zoar to Jericho, the city of palm trees. The Lord said to Moses, This is the land I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I said to them, I will give this land to your descendants. I have let you see the land, but you cannot go there.
0: And so we reach the end of the Moses story, right at the end of the book of Deuteronomy. The little baby, born under an oppressive regime, hidden for several months, then fostered by an Egyptian princess, grew up to become a man capable of great insight and also great anger and frustration. Curiosity led him to a powerful encounter with God and a call to lead his people from slavery to freedom from dependence to independence. Over the years, he's collaborated with many others. He's known real highs and devastating lows, and now the journey is almost over. He's tired. His life is almost at its end, and he is invited to climb Mount Nebo and catch a glimpse of the land promised to his people. For him, it's a bittersweet moment, so near. And yet, so far. I'd like you to spend a minute or so to use your imagination and put yourself in this part of the story to go and stand next to Moses on the mountaintop. I'd like you to imagine that you can look out and see all that God has promised the fulfillment of all those years of faithful, if flawed, following. What do you see? How does it make you feel? But unlike Moses, you do have the promise, the possibility of entering that promise. But what might that mean? As you come down the mountain, which way will you go? So why have I chosen this story? The story of Hillhead Baptist Church dates back 140 years to the decision of nine people to leave Adelaide Place Baptist Church and pursue their vision of a new church on the edge of the city. And since then that vision has been shaped and reshaped time and again as successive generations have faithfully carried on the work. It's fair to say that the last couple of years have been especially hard for us. People we have loved dearly, right at the heart of our church, who have worked hard for that vision, have died, leaving huge gaps. They never did get to enter their vision, the land for which they had worked so faithfully for so many years. In recent months, we shared a process of discernment, seeking to gain a glimpse of a new future that God has for this church. And I sense that people are beginning to dream new dreams and imagine new possibilities. So today, I do want to thank God for those who've worked so hard. I want to thank God for Anne, who has been the most incredible secretary to work with. I want to thank God for Ken, who was an amazing treasurer and leader of the TRG. For Lilius, who was Lilius. But also for everybody who's been part of the development project and the discernment process that Francis is now fulfilling for us. Facilitating for us, sorry. These are people of courage and determination, holding on to the values and vision of this church, carrying it into a new generation. But today I feel a bit like Moses, standing at the top of a mountain and glimpsing a vision that's not mine to enter. Not because I'm old and certainly not because my life is over. I am fit and well. But because God is calling me to do something new and different. Over the months of our discernment process, I have regularly been asking myself, am I God's best person to serve this church in this new season? And every time I've asked that question honestly and soul-searchingly, the answer has been no. I have been carefully and prayerfully seeking where and how I might best serve God in the remaining years of my ministry. So this morning, with very <laughs> heavy heart, though I believe this is the right thing to do, I have given notice to trustees I will demit office as your minister at the end of August in order to take up the position of tutor for ministerial formation at Northern Baptist College in Manchester. I assure you this decision has not been made lightly and a part of my heart will be left in Glasgow in Hillhead Baptist Church. You will always be part of my story and I hope I will always be part of yours. As I've reflected over many, many months, it was words from Jacinda Ardern and Nicola Sturgeon that were God's words to me. So if you want to blame anybody, blame those two amazing women. You deserve somebody with fresh energy and fresh ideas to walk with you the next step of the way into the future that God has for you. What I've learned with you and from you helps equip me to encourage and enable a new generation of Baptist ministers committed to the full inclusion of all God's people. Northern Baptist College is taking a prophetic stance in welcoming people to train who cannot be accredited because of their gender or sexuality. You've helped me reach the point that I can walk with them in that. And now I realise that will stir strong feelings. It's making me feel strong feelings and I've had time to read it over many times. Please believe me that however you feel, it's totally fine. What is authentic is right. And we will have time to explore that over the coming months. But please believe me when I say that I love this church dearly and that my desire is for Hillhead Baptist Church to flourish, not just now, but long into the future none of us can yet see.
3: together. Dear Lord and God we come before you to offer our prayers on behalf of others and on behalf of our world. We thank you that we know you are a good God who's close to us not distant or uninterested in your creation but near to us and you hear our prayers. May you hear our praise thanksgiving and intercessions and may they be acceptable to you. Teach us Lord to listen in prayer Open our hearts to where you are guiding us so that we do not just speak words, but we also hear what you would have us to do to love the people we encounter day by day. We pray for our world and ask that your will would be done. We think of the countries around the world where there is political unrest. We think of Turkey and Thailand in the midst of election campaigns and pray that any transition in power may be peaceful. We continue to pray for Ukraine and other countries where there is war and violence leading to the loss of life we pray for peace and for those who perpetrate the violence that they would have a change of heart to recognize the value of all human life we pray for countries affected by natural disasters brought on by the brokenness of creation which we have enslaved by our own brokenness we pray for Bang- bangladesh as people already in refugee camps are hit by cyclone season We pray for their safe evacuation and the ongoing efforts to bring relief to the country. We remember Nepal, who are often uh, affected by flash flooding at this time of year. We pray for the Baptist Missionary Society missionaries who work in Nepal, and this week in particular, we bring before you Alan and Megan Barker as they continue to develop their partner support role in the country. We think of all organisations who work in international development to bring about a more humane world And in particular, we remember Christian Aid as they begin their annual week of fundraising. May the work of their hands be blessed as they work for your kingdom. We pray for our own country and ask that your will would be done. We pray for the many affected by the increased cost of living. We pray that our leaders and politicians would have compassion to seek the welfare of all in the country. May also hear your voice when you call us to respond to the situations of need within our own country and communities. We pray for the influence of churches up and down the country. May they be a glimpse of your kingdom values. We pray for our Baptist family in Scotland. We pray for Al Wright, pastor at Dunoon Baptist, and his for discipleship within the area of Dunoon. We pray for Dun- Dunrosness Baptist and their pastor, Al, Weir and his wife, Ellen, working for the Church of Scotland and Shetland. Together, may they be a blessing to their community. We pray for East Main's Baptist and for the pastoral team there who oversee the many ministries within the community of East Kilbride. May your light shine through the witness of these churches. We pray for our own community and church. In the week ahead, we particularly remember Graham L, Stuart and Pirro, Lizzie and Jonathan, Willie and Valerie, Holly and George, Sheila, Heather, Kurt, Duncan, Liz, and Douglas. Lord God, we pray that you would walk beside them this week and that they may know your hand upon them, guiding them, comforting them, and leading them in your way. Loving God, for those in our church and in our lives who are grieving, unwell, or feeling the weight of brokenness, may you be nearer to them so that your comfort and peace that surpasses understanding be keenly felt in the week ahead. Lord God, bless all those who are involved in communications for the church as they keep us informed and connected. May you bless the work of their hands. As the church reflects on its future and how best to reflect your life and actions in the world, may you be with the leadership and managers as they listen to what the church discerns together. May we know the value of the community we are in, And may we look to build that community ever stronger as it reflects the love you have for us. And we pray for Katrina, particularly over these next few months, as she thinks about her transition and her planning ahead. As we bring all these prayers to you, Lord, may we wait patiently for you. God, turn to us. We pray and hear our cries. Lift us out of the pit the dark places and the places of brokenness and set our feet on a rock. Give us a firm place to stand that we might know your presence and your faithfulness all the days of our life. Amen.
0: The God of Moses lead us one step at a time from where we are into the future promised for us. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore.
1: Amen.